the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, tonight we come to part four in our new teaching. This teaching is regarding the uproar, the lawlessness, violence, division, and spiritual warfare that is occurring in our country today. Since the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this one thing and has ignited a war among those in the American cities, causing the people to look for answers and solutions in all the wrong places. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us the right solutions by getting to the root so that we can bear fruit. But we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction, and uh, thank you for always letting God use you in a mighty way as we begin our show. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be challenged, but yet build up in the Lord. So we want to encourage you to get ready uh, to open up your Bibles, and we want to call your attention again to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And this has been our text series, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to read in your hearing uh, verses 14 through uh, 17. Uh, verse 14 through 17. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. So verse says, verse 14, follow peace with all men. Oh, how we need that today. In a world of chaos, a world of riots, violence, vandalism, hate, uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, challenges us and commands us in the spirit to follow peace with all men. It would stop all the trouble in the world today if uh, people were doing that. And this says, not only follow peace with all men, but holiness. Oh, we need that too, to live pure lives, 
uh, as we follow peace, without which no man shall see the Lord. In other words, uh, the writer here is saying that if we don't follow peace and holiness, uh, we will not see the Lord. And no wonder why Jesus said, broad is the gate that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way, and very few there be that find it. Oh, a lot of people are going to go to hell because they're not following peace and holiness in their lives on a daily level. And it says in verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root. Now, that's our thing. you got to bear, uh, you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. See, when there is a root of bitterness in your life, your life will become defiled. And that's what we see today all over the world today is bitterness. People are marching, many people are marching with bitterness and anger and hate, and there's very few that's doing the opposite. And yet there's a lot of bitterness in marriages, bitterness in families, bitterness in churches, bitterness in uh, community, bitterness in politics. Verse 16, lest there be any fornication or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, so he sought it carefully with tears. <laughs> May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. What a word for us. What a truth for us in this day and age in which we live. Uh, now, uh, my title uh, is, you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. Let me say this by way of introduction. All sin goes back to a root of bitterness towards God. That's where it all starts. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about as well. That start way back in heaven. And from there, Satan took that bitterness to the Garden of Eden and caused our foreparents to be bitter bitter towards God because the enemy distorted the truth of God. And when you allow him to distort the truth of God, it's easy to get angry and bitter. Now, listen, every time you sin, you have been deceived by Satan. Just like Eve and Adam was, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden. And most of the time when one gets deceived by Satan, he or she always tell people like he did with Adam and Eve, especially Eve, when he first came to Eve. <clears throat> the enemy said, God is holding back on you, holding out on you. God is holding back on you. There is something better out there for you. And now you know Jesus said, the enemy is a liar. That's what he said in John 8 and 44. He's the father of lies. So he was telling Eve 
God is holding back on you. And then I imagine he told the angels in heaven as well, God is holding back on you because he wanted to be like God, according to Isaiah chapter 14. The Apostle Paul, in uh, this tremendous teaching in the Word of God, the Apostle Paul, in Greek, uses another word that is interesting word regarding deception. Make a note of this. The Apostle Paul, in Greek, uses another word, an interesting word for uh, us regarding deception in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. You don't hear too many sermons on this, but Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, if you care to look at that, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched, look at that word, bewitched you, or who has deceived you, that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. That is an interesting word that the Holy Spirit gave to the Apostle Paul. The word bewitch in Greek means to perform some demonic magic upon people to to betray or deceive them. And Satan does demonic magic and trickery to by the sleight of hand, like a magician, to deceive many people, to turn them away from the truth. Satan has bewitched people in our homes, homes that have no God in their home, no Bible study, no prayer, no fellowship, giving God the glory. Satan has bewitched people in our communities with addiction, violence, hateful protests, and living lawless lives and destroying businesses and people's property. Satan has bewitched a lot of people in the political world, and many of them are Democrats and Republicans and independents, and when they don't know God and they claim to be a politician, they don't know God, they've been bewitched. Satan has bewitched people in involved with religion. They got religion, but no relationship. They've been bewitched by the enemy. And people who are following cults, they have been bewitched by the enemy. Now, this bewitching started in heaven where Lucifer deceived fallen angels and demons, and Satan continues to be this bewitching right into the Garden of Eden, bringing demonic magic like magician to Adam and Eve uh, and first to Eve with the sight of a hand. In other words, look over here while I do something magic over here. Look what God is not doing for you here. Instead, look at what God is doing for you here. So they don't want the enemy didn't want them to look at what God was doing, but what God was not doing. He does that today too. God is not allowing you to commit fornication. God is not allowing you to commit adultery. God is not allowing you to lie. God is not allowing you to uh, abort that baby. God is not allowing you to have hate in your heart towards people 
even the President of the United States. The root of bitterness is just like the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. It brings a deception and that you can't see clearly when you are deceived. I believe uh, as a black man, uh, I believe in fighting against racism in a just way. I have been a victim of racism many times by white racist cops. I have a 64 Ford Galaxy, and before I had that thing fixed, pearl black with white rims and uh, white wall tires and moon rims, it was uh, all green, and I was driving around in a, uh, Marin County as a black man and that, and many, some cops looked at me as a criminal, and they had harassed me, and I, uh, they didn't know that I had did a video uh, for training officers on uh, racial profiling. And so uh, the chief of police, uh, when I was dealing with one officer who was a racist, uh, he was able, we were able to deal with that in the right way. I got his badge number, which I try to tell a, a lot of young men, don't fight the officers. Because this is not a problem with problem with the officers, but it's the problem with young black men not abiding by the law. Okay, so we don't endorse anybody, police officer, brutally killing anybody. And But we are to follow orders so that things don't come upon us. And that's what I did. And I got his badge number, took it to the chief of police. And it, what happened was uh, the chief of police had a high respect for me, and they were able to literally tell that officer he had to go through training with uh, black experts, and he retired from the force. And they said many years later that he's found religion. I don't know what religion he found. Hopefully he found Christianity because I prayed for him. But let me say this. Many of our black folks, not all, many of them are being bewitched by Satan because behind a lot of the addressing of racism today is bitterness, anger, unjustifiable anger. Some of it's justifiable, but when it turns to bitterness and revenge and retaliation and lawlessness, what do you call that? You call that the root of bitterness, and it doesn't help to change anything. We got to talk and dialogue together. And, uh, you can boycott this and that. It doesn't change anything. You've got to deal with each other rationally in dialogue so that we can help to change the issues of our day-to-day. Hate, bitterness, <clears throat> boycotting helps to some degree, but we've got to talk to one another and take it to the top so the bottom can be solved. The Apostle Paul says, to the Galatians church. These are the Christians that the Apostle Paul is addressing. He's addressing Christians who are being bewitched by Judaizers and law keepers and legalists who are trying to bring them into the law versus grace. And Paul says, watch out. You're about to be bewitched, and you are being bewitched by the enemy. Satan is coming with that magic seed to turn people away from the truth, 
The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 3 and 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has deceived you? The Apostle Paul was talking about two strong words to the Galatian church. Number one, you are foolish doing what you're doing and the decisions that you're making, but you're also being foolish, number two, by being bewitched by the enemy. Let me say this in conclusion. Uh, the church today, all over the world, those who are hearing this message, every Christian, many of us have been bewitched and we're still being bewitched. So the answer to stopping this bewitching is to confess your sins and to repent of your sins right now, not tomorrow, not the next day. Look at what happened to the person that played the role of the Black Panther, 43 years of age, dead and gone. Death has no respect of persons. It can take you even while you're listening to this program. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and I, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, including being bewitched. Repent right now. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He preached more on the kingdom than anything else, and you've got to live under that king. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Once again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Let us know what's on your mind. If you have questions or comments for us tonight, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you because we believe the effectual servant prayer of the righteous availeth much. Prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. So we want to encourage you tonight that prayer works. And speaking of prayer, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. This is a prayer-driven ministry. We know that without a question of a doubt. And so many of you have been praying for us over the years, and we can't thank you enough. And we also want to encourage you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your financial support. We need you to partner with us financially to keep this program on the air. It costs us 400 a week to do this program, and right now we are $690 in the rear, and we want to get out of that position and get back in the right position, which is uh, debt-free. So we need your help. We need you to step up to the plate and hit a home run 
or contending for the faith. We only had a couple people donate, and we need everybody to pitch in and to partner with us for time and eternity. There are two ways that you can donate. First way is to send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online, get on your tablet, your smartphone or your laptop, go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Butler. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements, and uh, we are going to get to our callers. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. Our first caller of the night is Brother Cece. Hello, Brother Cece. How are you doing? All right. How are you guys doing? We are truly blessed. How about yourself? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Well, good. What was one thing that stood out for you? How did the message minister to you? And what stood out for you tonight? The message ministered to me a lot. What really stood out to me, because I had been talking about, talking about that with my friend when you said about how people's houses are like, like in, in turmoil because they, they're not having Bible, the Word of God, they're not having Bible studies in there, and they're not acknowledging that. And I was, I was talking about that just um, a couple of days ago with, with a friend of my mind because, you know, they knew somebody who was having some problems in their house, and I had suggested that they, um, you know, have Bible study. But, um, of course, they refused to do that, and it got worse. And, and I think that's very important, especially as I think a Saturday night is really good for the family to come together and have Bible studies, just to think how much it would make an influence, especially, you know, amongst young people, too, at the table, and the Bible's opened up, and the TV's closed, and mom and dad is there, and they're exposed, you know, having prayer and over the Word of God. I think it makes a big difference of that. So that that really spoke out to me in that, and other things, too, but that really stuck out to me because I've seen, I know what what the Word of God will do for a household. It could, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. We appreciate uh, those words. Uh, and what's on your heart tonight? Do you have a scripture, uh, a question around the scripture or something? Yeah, I want to ask you something in, in uh, Revel- Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Okay, why don't, why don't you read that uh, for us? you have your Bible there? I have the word with me right there. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And what I want to ask you, I want to ask you about the last uh, present participle in uh, that uh, text right there in the, in the ending, when he talks about, when he says, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty, because I've, I've, I've heard some you know, two different views on that, and one of the views, I just wanted to get your view on that. Okay, what was the view that you had heard? One view was that it was that that that, that that's, that's pertaining to Christ, and then one view was another, uh, uh, which I heard a pastor preach a sermon, he said that that was referring to God the Father. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, uh, that's a good uh, point that you raised there. Well, you know, because uh, I believe that it's referring to both, because uh, you have here 
you know, uh, the father, uh, even though this is related to the father, because he and Jesus are one, uh, you have the father uh, being called the Alpha and the Omega uh, here, right? So that's uh, when it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. So that is true in reference to the Father. But uh, when you continue to read the Word of God, uh, it'll tell you in Revelation uh, chapter 22 uh, and uh, verse 13, uh, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which, which is the first and the last. So we have to look at this in the context of the nature of God that is uh, referring to uh, God the Father, uh, even though he is speaking, uh, but you also, because he's referred to as the Alpha and Omega, and Jesus is referred to as the Alpha and Omega, it's referring to um, both of them. And, and uh, when you get down to the Almighty, uh, that is referring to God, the Father, but Jesus, uh, when he said in uh, Matthew 28, all power has been given unto me, he's almighty too, because uh, the Father has called himself almighty, Jesus has called himself almighty, and the Holy Spirit is almighty, because all three are the one God uh, with three distinct personalities, okay? So, um when it refers to him as the Almighty, uh, think about that in relationship to that he has sovereign control over everything. The Father does, the Son does, the Holy Spirit. So when you, I think he's building a case here that here's the first chapter, but uh, as you continue to get into Revelation, there's going to be terrific and intense events taking place, uh, especially when you get to Revelation uh, 12 and 13, where you're going to have the, uh, especially in verse in uh, Revelation chapter 13, the unholy Trinity, where you got the dragon representing Satan, and then you got the beast representing the Antichrist, and then you've got the false prophet representing the Holy Spirit. And uh, the enemy always tries to uh, imitate uh, who God is by nature. So, and even when it refers to him with 666, I mean, he's trying to get up to seven, but he can't. That's only exclusively for God, you know. So Almighty is comforting to all of us because when the, all of these events take place and when the enemy... Satan makes his last appearance through these enemies. Then God is saying through John, he's almighty over all of it. He's got, in other words, he's supreme. He's in control. And that's why Jesus said in John 14, and one, let not your heart be troubled. So because we got an almighty God who is in control of the entire book of Revelation, the entire books of the Bible, 
He's in control of everything that's going on in the world today. Even though Satan is having a field day, God is on the throne, and the enemy can't do anything unless he gets God's permission. So, um, so getting back to Revelation 1 and verse 8, uh, there have been uh, some scholars who have said the which is, is they say that this is kind of like pointing to Trinitarian uh, text, uh, Trinitarian uh, evidence where which is, which is uh, the God and which was, remember Jesus said, uh, John talks about Jesus in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and which is to come. Jesus came and then the Holy Spirit is coming. So uh, by nature, you you can see uh, all three, because which is to come, the Holy Spirit came. Remember, Jesus said, I go away and I bring, lead to you a, a comforter. And he's here. He's been sent to come. So my answer to this passage of Scripture, Revelation 1 and 8, is that it's referring to the Father, but you see all three of them in this passage of Scripture uh, demonstrating uh, their work and their power and their nature. So hopefully that helps out and gives you some additional meat. Man, that's a lot of meat. I appreciate that. That's 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 more that's way more clear. I, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. That's one thing that's good about this program. We don't deal with bones. We deal with meat. We deal with the meat of the word. Amen. So you have any prayer requests before we get to our uh, commercial? Let's get your prayer requests. Just again, pray pray for pray for my mom and um, my my family. You could, you could continue to pray for um, that individual that's in the hospital. They're still fighting for their life with uh, diabetes and uh, and the coronavirus. And if you guys could just pray for me again, I'm I'm um, really doing some deep studies again in you know Revelation and Daniel, and I just want I want God's help as I'm doing this. And I have a tooth infection that needs to really be healed. And the, and the celebrities too. Alrighty, alrighty. Appreciate that. Brother Gary, you want to lift these prayer requests up? <clears throat> sure. So, Lord, we just lift up Brother Cece and his family, particularly his mother, Lord God, that you'll be with her and, and the rest of his family. Pray for that uh, sick family member who's struggling with corona and diabetes. We pray for Brother Cece himself with the infection in his teeth, Lord God, that you'd help him and bless him to get that taken care of more. And we just pray that you continue to, to work in his life, continue to meet every need that's represented in his life, continue to bless him mightily as he studies your word, that he would only, not only be a hearer of your word, but a doer as well. And we pray, Lord God, that uh, your word says, my God shall supply all of our needs. And we pray that you do supply all of his needs, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's a physical need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's a spiritual need. We pray, Lord God, to apply all of his needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And, uh, Cece, thank you so much for your call and your always your good questions. Do we need to go to a commercial break? About two minutes. All right. Why don't we uh, get to our next caller? All right. Let's start off with Jermaine, and then we may have to take a break, and, but we'll get it started. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. 
Yes, All how right. you doing? How you doing this evening? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm glad to be back. I was out of state for a little while. Well, we're glad to have you back. And why don't you uh, pose your question, and then what we'll do, when we come back from the commercial break, we'll address that. Yeah, um, some of it you touched on earlier, but I just this upcoming election seems to be especially contentious, um, not just for our country, but for the world. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, on some of the more, I guess you could say, spiritual aspects of what's going on, because a lot of what I've heard has seemed to be just outright irrational. And I even see uh, the, the billionaire George Soros and other people pouring multiple millions of dollars into the country uh, against Donald Trump and any Republicans. It just makes me wonder, why, why would you care so much? Like, what's really going on? You know, what's kind of behind the veil? So I just wanted to hear you kind of expound on that. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Okay, well, let's... Uh, well, uh, let's take that commercial break and come back and address that question. Uh, phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. The number is one eight 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 forkfax That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. Again, the number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Grab that phone. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. And also, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and without your prayers, we know we would not have been on the air all these many years. This is also a listener-supported ministry, and we need your support financially to continue to do what we need to do. Right now, we are in the red by $690, and we want to get back in the black, and we need your help to do that. There's two ways that you can donate. One is simply uh, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. But the second way is so much easier. Just get on your computer, laptop, go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity, Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate that. And we're going to go back to Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine, you there? Oh, yes, sir. I'm uh, here. Jermaine. Okay. I'm here. Uh, mention your question again, because we, we weren't able to hear the last part of it about the money coming in 
And uh, can you uh, ask that question again, please? Sure. Um, I was just curious. I wanted to hear your, you guys' thoughts on, I guess, the spiritual aspect of this upcoming election with uh, Donald Trump. And, and just to preface it, I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. Those are just titles to me. But what's disturbing is everywhere I go, I visited uh, Washington State and Oregon, and there's a lot of people there. They all have this thing where they tie all the trouble going on in our country to Donald Trump. And like I said, I'm not a personal friend of the president, and I'm not advocating, but I hear outright lies from people, and, and some of them are people of faith, and that's what disturbed me the most. But I'm just curious, what is it about this particular election that seems to be so important to not only our country, but the, the world? Because I see people like uh, George Soros donating over $50 million in uh, in funds to Democrats in the campaign against them and hearing people mention things like this is the most important election ever. And it just seems like it's a bit excessive. And I just wanted to hear your, your thoughts on, uh, on what's going on. Cause it, it seems like a lot of people are trying to use everything from the pandemic to, to street crime, to everything to get into the white house. Well, that's true. Well, uh, Donald Trump, uh, ever since, uh, 2016, uh, when he beat uh, Hillary, uh, there has been a tremendous amount of hate uh, for Trump uh, and uh, because they expected for her to win, and they have come at him with everything that they can do to, uh, you know, defeat this uh, president uh, and uh, with the Russian hoax and all the other things that you're mentioning uh, and... Uh, They've uh, shown that uh, none of it in the court of law has been uh, true. But I think the thing that has driven this hate uh, is uh, when he won over uh, Hillary Clinton, and they felt that uh, the Russians were involved with that. So ever since he went down the elevator uh, with his wife, there's been a, a hate for him, uh, and that sort of thing. And I think the thing that... Uh, impounds the hate is the fact that uh, when you look at uh, Donald Trump, I mean, people have to vote the way God leads them to do it. But when you look at uh, his views uh, regarding um, uh, morality, they're more consistent with Christian values because, uh, you know, he's against abortion uh, he also stands up uh, and says uh, that marriage should be between a man and a, and a woman and not a man and man. And, and then the Democratic Party has gone the opposite way. So, uh, and then uh, you're dealing with a multitude of other things, too. And hard nose on violence, because really, uh, he's, uh, when they had the Democratic uh, Convention, uh, nobody addressed the violence that's going on in our world today. And really, he's pretty much the only one that's going to put his foot down because he's even offered to uh, uh, liberal Democratic uh, uh, mayors and uh, governors that he will bring in the federal government to stop it. So uh, Jesus said in many ways that they will hate you because they hated me. And anytime somebody... Uh, represents uh, some of our Christian values, 
uh, even the uh, saluting of the flag and, and uh, you know, uh, in, in God we trust. And during the uh, national anthem with the, uh, the Democratic Convention, they eliminated God out of there. The uh, One Nation Under God, they decided to put that out, not with Trump. And uh, when Trump was sworn in, uh, he swore it in on the Bible, and Obama uh, sworn in on the Quran. What does that tell you? So, uh, Jesus, again, I think the thing is, there's going to be a tremendous amount of hate towards those who represent uh, Christian, closer to Christian values, and it's just a natural thing. And anybody that represents those values, values and support that view, they become hated, too. So... I think that's my perspective of it, uh, and, um, you know, and I think that uh, we have to stand up against uh, uh, this whole issue of abortion and uh, stand up against these issues. Uh, I mean, I believe that people should have the right to come here, but they have to go through the legal process, and Trump has been strong with that, that, you know, everybody has to do it the right way when they come here to America. And uh, they can't just jump here and uh, do what some of the leaders in the Democratic Party saying that they come here and then they have uh, health care uh, rights and all of that stuff. No, you got to do it on a legal level. So uh, that's my perspective of it. And, uh, Gary, we want to have some time to get to uh, uh, Rick. But, Gary, you can add to what, I, what I've said, too, um, you know, Gary, for a few minutes. <clears throat> well, you know, I'm always of, of the opinion that God's going to have the last word. God raises one up, and God puts one down. And no matter who ends up in the White House, God is still on the throne. And his will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, you know, I've never seen such irrational behavior in my entire life. You know, we have got to the point where we have no, we can, we no longer tolerate um, discourse. People can't talk to each other about issues anymore. It's, it, it's become, uh, well, if you don't believe what I believe, you're my enemy, you know, uh, and that's never been the case. You know, we've, we've gone through many presidential elections and many situations over the last 20, 30 years and at the end of the day, when all is said and done, people can agree to, used to agree to disagree agreeably, but not not anymore. And so this is very troubling to me that the, the, the enemy has manipulated people to, to such a degree where they are uh, so diametrically opposed that if they don't agree, to, if you don't agree with me, you're my enemy. And yeah, that's the thing because it was uh, Rand Paul. The other day when they came out of the uh, Republican convention, uh, he and his wife, they were harassed. And a lot of the, some of the leaders, people involved with the Black Lives Matter, they, uh, and some of the protesters surrounded them and said, we want you to say Brianna. They kept saying it. And then they, they said, Rand Paul said, I thought I was going to literally die. You know, he was that frightened. Uh, but they had, uh, police around them, and the police were knocked over. Uh, but uh, I can tell you right now that uh, there's only one person that's going to stop this mess right now, 
and he's hard-nosed on that, and I can say that's Trump. Well, anyway, we appreciate your question. Hopefully that kind of gives a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, answer to some of your questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it does, and I'll pick up another aspect of it uh, next time we get to talk. But, but yeah, I, um, I agree with just about everything your brother said, and uh, that's why I appreciate you for not, not uh, well, selling out your pulpit. Was I don't know for lack of better terms, but I've seen people do that as well when it's election time. But I'll, I'll say that for another day. Amen. Sounds like a good uh, plan. Thank you for your question as well. God bless you, brother, and your family. All right. Well, let's try to get to our, our next caller, Brother Rick. Are you online? How you doing, Brother Rick? How are you doing? Uh, we're blessed. How about yourself? Well, I got, I got a very interesting question. I'm looking at uh, John 3, 5. And Jesus yes. is answering Nicodemus. He mentions that water and spirit in terms of being born again and entering the kingdom. Now, mm -hmm. what is the difference between the water in that context and water baptism? Okay, that's a, that's a good question, Brother Rick. Um, the... Uh, there's there's people that have uh, interpreted this from different perspectives. Uh, let me give you like three major perspectives of this. One is some people have gone as far as some of the uh, Roman Catholics have gone as far as that saying that this water represents the umbilical cord being broke and uh, uh, at birth, and they say this is like a birthing. Uh, I don't see how in the world they come up with that, but uh, that's the least uh, interpretation. You're talking about physical birthing. Yeah, phys uh, the physical birthing. And then there's others who are solid theologians, such as uh, uh, J. Brennan McGee, the late J. Brennan McGee, and John MacArthur, who say that the water is representing the word as a, as a means of cleansing. Uh, I don't agree with those first two positions. I believe in the context here. Everything has to be interpreted in the context because Oratory said a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. And so Christian baptism was not instituted at that time. That's the one important thing for us to understand. And so what was the water baptism that was done, that was operating at the time. Let's keep everything in the context of that time. And that's the water of repentance, that John took people into the water, and then they repented, and then they were, uh, you know, baptized. So Jesus is saying uh, that the Holy Spirit got to make his move in convicting a person, and then they got to come to repentance because water refers to when you're going underneath, emerge, submerge, it's, a, it's repentance. And so, uh, you know, Jesus said, I baptize you with water, but, uh, but he that, that, that the come who baptized you with, John baptized you, he said, with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Well, Jesus was not doing any baptism until later on with the disciples. So this baptism is something before that, which is referring to the baptism in water of repentance 
referring to John because John had baptized Jesus. So uh, that's the context of uh, this word water. And I believe that uh, R.C.H. Linsky and his commentary is a great uh, Greek scholar, R.C.H. Linsky. He was a Lutheran scholar. I have his whole commentaries in my library, but he breaks that down into Greek like none other, and the Greek supports the baptism of John the Baptist, repentance, and, uh, you know, uh, being, uh, you know, turning to, to the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. So hopefully that helps to give some insight. And, and, and very logical from a time context. Absolutely. Yeah, we always look at everything in the context because a text taken out of this context becomes a pretext for error. We don't want to read into here Christian baptism because it wasn't instituted until later. So what type of baptism is Jesus talking about? Is John John the Baptist baptism, which was repentance. When you repent and you get convicted by the Holy Spirit because baptism always follows a person accepting Christ and and uh, receiving him by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's also talking to an Old Testament saint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that, that was done in the Old Testament. Well, he was considered the last of the Old Testament last prophets. Last of the Old Testament prophets. Yeah, John the Baptist. All right, and, well, we've got about a minute left. All righty. Thank you, Rick, for your call, and God bless you. Thank you. Now, thank you for your question. Brother Gary, not the home run. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.